grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we've been looking at the book of Ecclesiastes since the beginning of the year. We are in the second part of chapter 9. How come it's taking so long to get through this book? Well, it is the word of God, and we don't want to miss any part of it. It's filled with incredible wisdom for us. Today is no exception. This is good news for losers. Yeah, think about it. Wisdom is for all of us. Winning is a tremendous motivation. The hope of winning causes us to press forward and give it our all. We're told as kids that if we play by the rules and give it our all, we can all be winners. As kids, we are read stories where good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. We're told stories about hard-working athlete types who overcame long odds to be a champion. We are told that we are told stories that the poor, humble peasant girl who acts with integrity always becomes a princess. We're told that the outcast and the downcast young men who conduct themselves with honor and valor eventually become a prince and get to marry the princess. All this and more we can find on Disney+. Plus. We love fantasy. Then we get older only to realize that life does not work quite like this. Unlike the fantasy world, in the real world, smart people work for dumb people. Honest people get ripped off by evil people. And being a humble, hard-working, kind person makes you an easy target to get used and abused. Hmm. Admittedly, this leads a lot of people to despair. But as we learn this week from God's word, there's an opportunity to learn that every day life provides us a chance to grow in wisdom. In this way, God is shifting our focus in chapter 9 of Ecclesiastes from being winners to being wise. We cannot all be winners, but we can all be wise by the grace of God. This is the good news the teacher explores for us in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Look at these verses. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no man knows when his hour will come, as a fish are caught in a cruel net, or birds are taken in a snare, 
So men are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Ooh, isn't that a pertinent word for our time? Now, we all have our phones and our notebooks and in our mind a plan for how tomorrow will go and what we will do. This helps us to feel that life is manageable, under control, and works according to a predictable pattern. But, if we are honest, this is all a bit of an illusion. If one thing is for certain, there is no certainty. This pandemic has been teaching us that, hasn't it? Life is not as predictable as we thought. So, people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Now, we can influence our lives, but we do not control our lives. There are circumstances beyond our control that we remain completely unaware of until they blindside us. The teacher observes this fact about life, and sometimes the fast runner gets the bronze medal, and the slow runner gets the gold medal. Sometimes the guy who goes to the gym every day, mastering his martial arts skills, gets knocked out at the bar by the out-of-shape drunk guy who lands a lucky punch. And sometimes the gal with the degree does not get the job she worked her whole life for because her boss hired his girlfriend instead. From our perspective under the sun, that's without God's input, Things can appear, life can appear happenstance or chance rather than God's providence. So life can be very unpredictable. Some of you know that oh too well. Tragedy and misery roll in unannounced. And we're unprepared to deal with it. Like a fish having a fine day until they swim into that net. Or a bird out for a snack until they wander into a trap. We can find ourselves quickly ruined. You know, I've talked to people who were shocked to get a horrible diagnosis. Or people who lost their life savings without so much as a courtesy call to notify them that the bottom was about to drop out of their life. When this happens, we are left with only two options. We can either respond to the unexpected in life, foolishly or with wisdom. Now, the world we live in is a foolish one. 
Now, we don't like to put people into clean categories like male and female, Christian or non-Christian, wise or foolish. But the God of the Bible doesn't seem to care about his poll numbers and frequently divides humanity into two groups, the wise and the foolish. And the teacher's point is that while we cannot control our future or our circumstances, we can control our response. By God's grace, and only by God's grace, we can choose wisdom over folly. Even in the midst of tragedy and what seems to be unpredictable times, my question for you today is, how is that going in your life? Have you responded to the current state of affairs that you find yourself in with faith or with folly? Faith in God gives us the ability to respond with wisdom. This is what God does for us. When things seem out of control, he holds on to us. We know this to be true, but we sometimes forget. So what do we do? We come to God's word to get reminded of his goodness and his grace. Something you're doing this very hour. That's why we make it a habit to hear God's word regularly. And it says to us in unexpected times, ah, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Comfort in the midst of the unexpected in life. Now, Ecclesiastes was originally written in Hebrew language some 3,000 years ago. And these next verses, 13 to 18, are some of the most complicated Hebrew in all the Old Testament. And there's a debate as to the meaning of this particular story that Solomon shares with us. Look at verse 13 and 14. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Hmm. The story is kind of like a parable about a small town filled with a handful of people who were up against a powerful king and his massive army. Barring a miracle, these people were going to be absolutely destroyed. This all the commentators agree on. Verse 15. Now there lived in that city a man poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So we're introduced to a simple man who happens to be poor. You think of the normal working guy, and nobody really pays much attention to him. 
it sounds like the city heeded his advice and were eventually saved, but then quickly forgot all about him and his wisdom, resulting maybe in their return to folly and sinful patterns that had gotten them into the trouble in the first place. The moral of the story, though, is the same. Hmm. Fools never listen. Fools never learn. And even if wisdom is available to them, they do not avail themselves of it. Thus, verse 16 to 18. I said, wisdom is better than strength. But the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are no longer heeded. Hmm. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. So he's telling us wisdom is available to us, but some of us neglect it or only pursue it when we need it in desperate or unpredictable times. See, most of us don't need more information. We don't need more insight. We don't need more facts, trivia, or data. What we need is to do what we already know is right thing to do. James says this in the New Testament, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And that's what the teacher's talking about. How many of you, right now, the biggest problem in your life are things that you already know what to do. You just don't do any of it. Hmm. That's the point of the story. And like most things in the Bible, they tend to remind us of Jesus Christ. Perhaps he's like that simple man who saves the city with his wisdom but is soon forgotten about. Our Lord Jesus Christ rescues us from the mighty army of sin, death, and the power of the devil. You heard that in one of the readings, the reading from 1 Peter chapter 2. He himself bore our sins and our foolishness, if you will, in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins, foolishness, and live for righteousness, wisdom. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, foolish, but now you have returned wisdom to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You are like sheep going astray, but now you've heard the voice of the good shepherd. Wisdom. Solomon's point is this. If you're looking for wisdom, don't look to the pretty people. Don't look to the rich people. 
Don't look to the famous people or the powerful people. Some of them are just fools with nice cards, great attorneys, and smart PR firms running their social media accounts. Wisdom is not intellect. Some people are very smart, but not very godly or wise. You can be a fool with a high IQ. Wisdom is not success. You can accomplish a lot being a fool, including celebrities who make a good living doing things that any sane person would never dream of. Wisdom is not education. It is possible to go to university and have tons of degrees and still think somehow we came from chimpanzees. Wisdom is not knowledge. You can know a lot of things that are factual and true, but never act on them. In this way, wisdom includes knowing, but takes it further by doing. I guess a functional definition of wisdom would help us. And this is where we really think of Jesus Christ. Wisdom is thinking what God thinks, feeling what God feels, and doing what God says with a humble heart by the Spirit's power. That sounds like Jesus, who, the Bible says, has become for us wisdom from God. So wisdom starts with the head. with a mind saturated in scripture that thinks God's thoughts after him. Wisdom then moves from the head to the heart with an emotional capacity to feel what God feels about people and circumstances. Wisdom continues to the hands, obeying what God commands by doing what is right. Wisdom is something that can only be received by the grace of God. You mean to tell me I can't earn it? No. You mean to tell me I can't buy it? No. Well, that's kind of humbling, isn't it? Precisely. Wise people pursue humility because it makes them teachable and changeable, kind of like clay in God's almighty hands. I mean, who doesn't want to be wise? Wisdom is only imparted by the presence and power of the person of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Look at this beautiful, simple prayer. A pastor prayed for his people it's found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Hmm. Solomon, who writes Ecclesiastes for us under the same inspiration of the same Holy Spirit, if we want to know what a wise life looks like, we look to no farther than Jesus Christ. Not once did he set foot on the path of folly. 
Instead, every day and every way, he walked wisely. And how did he do this? According to the Bible, by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why Isaiah the prophet wrote in chapter 11, 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. The wise life of Jesus Christ is not merely one to be appreciated, but one to be experienced. And therefore we follow the good shepherd. By the power of the Holy Spirit, all of us who are fools because of sin can become wise only through him. To be filled with the Spirit is to have Jesus living in and through us. And to be led by the Spirit is to be walking in wisdom throughout life with Jesus, the resurrected Savior. The wisdom and new life in the Spirit is available only through Jesus Christ to everyone, rich and poor, educated, uneducated, male and female, young and old, powerful, powerless, Brilliant and simple, successful, and a failure. The big idea this week, you cannot control what happens to you. But with God's help, and only with God's help and his amazing grace, you can control how you respond to it, what we learn from it, and who you become because of it. And that we do through faith and trusting in the one who saves us. Let us pray. Thank you so much, Jesus, for saving us, for being the wisdom of God for us. And when we don't know what to do, when we don't feel very wise, we know that you do. And so, when we are perplexed by the unexpected circumstances, we know that you are right there beside us to guide and to protect us, to comfort and to care for us. Help us, we pray, good shepherd. Help us to follow you all the days of our life. Fill us with your spirit. Enable us to do just that follow you. Amen.